This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharif Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. In an article on the topic of black hair, identity politics, and multiple black realities, Maria de Longoria writes, and I quote, Hair, especially for black women, is used as a marker of race, ethnicity, and beauty. It is used to empower women and to diminish their spirit. I thought of this when I recently saw actress Chantal Stanfield's play From Kur Sisters to Knedlach with Children at the Santon Theatre in the Square. During Chantal's performance, her hair plays a cameo role of its own. And she joins me now to tell me more about this kind of fraught topic. Chantal, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Chantal, as I say, your hair was the subject of not much, but certainly it was part of the show. And there were huge sensitivities about it. On one hand, we laughed about it. On the other hand, you helped us realize that it's a sensitive issue. Perhaps you can just talk through that. Um, yeah, so it's weird because it's not something that, that was a topic that I was like, okay, no, I have to talk about that in the writing. It's something that is so kind of ingrained and kind of natural for, for lack of a better word, within the interactions that I have experienced in my life, and not just within the Jewish community or, you know, being uh, crossing various lines, I- everywhere I go, really. And it's this weird thing where, because there been centuries of colonialism and imperialism and colonization and all, all those isms, so much of your social status and stature is kind of linked up within your hair that it's almost impossible to avoid. It really is. Like us in the production, my thesis in at university at UCT was looking at representations of coloured women on stage. And one of the kind of the important things that came up was the relation of hair and how you present yourself with your hair within the world and what that means for your social status. That was like 20 years ago now that I wrote it. And it's still such a huge thing that it's unavoidable. So yeah, in the piece, in the production itself, um, From Cusistus to Canadian Luck with Kids, it does come up. Uh, on the one hand, my Jewish husband had never seen me with straight hair or blown out hair before. He only knew me with my Afro. So there's an, a scene where we experience that interesting kind of surprise for him and how it looks different. In my case, it does seem to change my personality a little bit when my hair is but straight or blown out. And then also the the method that you use to get your hair, kind of tame your hair in a way from the Afro to kind of get it a bit straighter. Besides all the chemical stuff, there's also uh, practical stuff like the swolkos, which is something that is very endemic <laughs> within my community, um, which is like this, you know, uh, an old pantyhose repurposed as a kind of weird beige beanie to keep your hair in place while you sleep. You know, it's like this weird thing that this kind of social <laughs> secret thing that it, it would have been weird for him to to experience the first time. In other instances, I've been told numerous times that my hair is very, like there's so many Jews who, who have your hair, you're, you could totally pass for Israeli. Those kind of things where I'm like, that is so, that is so bizarre to me because it's my hair. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sure I have a lot of, as I've discussed before, the DNA is very mixed. So I could really go for anybody <laughs> in terms of who I pass for. And then, of course, there's the thing of, again, because so much of, of identity is linked up with hair, a lot of people don't haven't haven't had that interaction of seeing someone who looks like me, a quote colored woman, with an afro or with hair that isn't blown out or GHD'd or straight. 
So there's this weird, almost zoo-like fascination that people have with with natural hair. You know, if it isn't a weave or if it isn't GHD, then it's like this, it's almost this weird, uncomfortable, almost invitation that people think they have to grab or touch your hair, which is weird and bizarre. <laughs> and please don't do that. <laughs> it's just like this weird thing that happens. You speak about conscientization of hair, and you wrote your, your thesis 20 years ago, and I think only really thought about this topic in 2016 when my former school, Pretoria Girls High, made headlines around that. And because it was my former school and because I was interested in the topic, I became quite sensitive to the issue. But I think probably most people don't think, I mean, you know, here's supposed to be your crowning glory and, you know, here's a thing. But I don't think there is that sensitivity to the relationship between hair and identity politics among many communities um, mm-hmm. that there are among other communities. And I think your play heightened that. In one of the scenes, you, somebody, you go to a Shabbat dinner and somebody makes a personal comment about your hair, which you took great offence to. And in a way, it's why are we having this conversation? Because we need to sensitise people to what it actually means and what it means to you. And I don't know if you want to just explore that a little bit. Sure. So I think part of the reason why some people are super conscious and super aware of what hair means and others are not is because for those of us that have hair that doesn't fit into the century's worth, quote, normal, normalcy, we are consciously and constantly conscious and aware that we are other, that we are different, that curly hair, for the, for the longest time growing up, curly hair or kind of ringlets or anything kind of wavy was only kind of nice if it was on a white head, unfortunately. As soon as it was on a brown skin or a black skin, suddenly it was a matter of, yeah, you should really do something about your hair. When are you going to fix your hair? That kind of stuff. You know, these are, are comments made even within my own communities. Like, oh, no, 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 you must fix your hair. What's wrong with your hair? You know, and that's also something that I had to battle with. Literally from the time that I wrote the thesis is when I decided to go natural. And from then, those kind of comments were kind of part and parcel of, of everything. It's, it's tricky. It's one of those things you just can't avoid. <laughs> you really can't, can't avoid. And I think what has been very interesting and important is, as you say, these conversations that have come up and unfortunately will continue to come up until we kind of fix our kind of uh, view of, of hair and identity. There's a lot that needs to be unpacked. Hair isn't just hair. <laughs> and I'd, I'd implore listeners to watch a, an old Chris Rock movie called... Um, I need to Google it right now, actually, because it's, I think it, it will put more succinctly in a better way what I'm trying to say about hair. Um, it's a documentary that Chris Rock did in 2009 called Good Hair and really looks at all of the stuff within an hour and a half's worth of, of really cool movies. But these are things we have to look at. So I remember my sister, who now also has natural hair, you know, in high school, there were rules about hair where only some of the the girls could wear certain hairstyles and others couldn't. And that's a whole landmine of, of stuff. All these conversations that are coming up now, as you mentioned, the Pretoria Girls High situation and lots of others, we have to investigate and look at the, at the school rules because a lot of our biases and worldviews are shaped by what we experience in school and university for the most part. That's the building block. That's where we start. When we can see that our friend is allowed to wear her natural hair as it grows out of her head. This is the other thing that's bizarre to me. There's this thing that you as 
a human being on the planet are somehow maligned or, or made feel lesser than for choosing to wear the hair that grows out of your hair as it is. If you just look at that, that basic idea, it doesn't make any sense. So there's a lot of work to be done. People like to say, oh, you know, but, you know, apartheid ended, what, 27 years ago now. True, but we also had 350-something years of colonialism, of all of that, all of the, the social injustice and things, and a lot of that is about appearance. We can't get away from it. Um, so there's a lot of work to be unpacked and done, and I don't think those kind of incidents are going to go away for a while. Do you using theatre as a means of communicating how you're feeling and hopefully it resonates further? And theatre obviously is a very good, good way of doing this. What do you want from people? What do you want people to do or say or acknowledge regarding your hair? Do you want them to not comment? What is it that you want? I think from a socio-political point of view, I think what people in general with natural hair would love is <laughs> is for people to not, uh, you know, touch their hair like it's, a, like it's a, a zoo animal or a dog, you know. It's like, it's still my hair and it's still connected to me as a human being. It would be as weird as me reaching out and touching your friend. I'm like, it's, but it's, <laughs> it's bizarre. <laughs> so we can start by, you know, not doing that, but at the same time, also appreciate that for a lot of people, it might be the first time or they might have had limited exposure or experience of people with living with natural hair. So there, there might be a little sense of patience there, which I can understand. But really, you, you can admire from afar and appreciate natural hair and, you know, and any kind of questions that you have, you know, try to be respectful and, and kind, you know. I think the, the best way is to make friends across all the, the racial, cultural color lines so that those questions kind of answer themselves. Like, honestly, that's, that's really the best way to do it. For example, like, I didn't know about shaitals until I started dating my Jewish husband. I was like, oh, okay. So, and then obviously we have Google, which answers a lot of questions. That's also a portal to use. So I, I know, me as, as, as Chantal, I'm not going to go up to a random Jewish person in that I see in the street and try to touch her hair or her wig. I'm not going to ask her, oh, what's under the wig? You know, these are these kind of sensitive things that you can find out for yourself with, with research. And conversely, the same thing with natural hair. You can always Google what not to say <laughs> to someone with natural hair. There's, there, legitimately, there are those, those aren't online. But from a personal point of view, I would just love for, for people to be allowed to embrace their hair as it grows out of their head and be celebrated for that. Again, hair as you said, it's supposed to be your crowning glory and all of that, but it's also your personal choice. So if I choose to now wear my hair naturally as it grows out of my head, as I have now for 20 something years, 20 years, um, that's my choice. I'm not going to try and force you to do the same thing. If you ask me about my hair, I'll tell you about it. And if you want to know what products, I'll tell you what products to use, fab, because there's a lot. But I'm also not going to judge you or tell you to your face, oh, no, you shouldn't do that to your hair or da-da-da. There's a lot of insecurities that a lot of us still carry around with our hair. And it might take a long time for those people to kind of, quote-unquote, grow out of that. It's, it's tricky, and we need to understand that hair is not just hair. I don't think we can end on a better note than that. Um, thank you very much, Chantal. Thanks for explaining it. And basically what you're calling for is actually people to leave their little bubbles across the board, all South Africans, 
and start interacting with everybody else and let's learn about each other. Absolutely, absolutely. In a real and authentic way. Yes. Thank you very much. That was Chantal Stanfield, an actress who was recently on the Santon Theatre on the Square with her show, Kursistas to Pnei with Children, and we're talking about hair and identity politics. <laughs> 